thank you for joining me for today's Beast Watch News Update. News from the Internet's most comprehensive Bible prophecy news website, BeastWatchNews.com. I'm Kimberly Rogers Brown. I will have a COVID update in today's broadcast about new technology to be injected into human bodies. There could soon be a huge change coming on Temple Mount, especially since a prominent rabbi in Israel claims to be holding meetings with the Jewish Messiah. Find out the prophetic implication for Yahweh's people now that Jerusalem will be locked down for the fall feasts. But first, Israel just became the world's next supreme superpower. I'll tell you why and how. Here's a very telling headline that reveals the truth about Jewish attitudes and Israel's arrogance. Historic peace agreements signed without Israel paying a price. Well, Israel will pay a price, but just not right now. This article is from Israel Unwired, and it reveals exactly what Scripture says about Mystery Babylon, Jerusalem, that she is a whore with all the nations drinking of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, worship of ancient Egyptian and Babylonian gods via the Kabbalah, the kings of the earth committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth grew rich from the abundance of her luxury, according to Revelation 18.3. I see a big setup happening. Yahweh is setting up the people who are not his people, but call themselves by his name, for a big destruction. I'm not saying that everyone living in the modern UN-created political state of Israel is not Yahweh's, not at all. Yahweh's people have always been mixed with the sinning people. All the people of the earth are now being led around by the nose now. Yahweh is the one at the other end of the rope. So let's examine this. Jerusalem in scripture is either a pure cleaned up bride and proper wife or she is a whore. There is no in between. She is either pure and without sin or she is defiled with sin. I tried to make this point about Yeshua's bride, the people in last week's uh, and this week's messianic message teachings. Jerusalem, the city, is like his bride. Revelation 21, 2 says, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Understand, because understanding this has to do with prophecy. So understand that Jerusalem is not the bride, as some people say. Jerusalem is Yahweh's capital city that his people, his bride, his people, inhabits, which makes Jerusalem like the bride. She, Jerusalem, though, is the focus of the entire earth for usurper kings who want to conquer Yeshua and his people so they can rule the earth. 
Jerusalem has always represented Yeshua and his people. This is why they want to destroy the people of Yeshua. They can't destroy Yeshua. He is out of their reach and much more powerful than they. But if they can destroy all of his people, he won't have anyone to be king over. You see, he will have lost his creation to Satan. The definition of biblical Israel, the kingdom, is the king, the people from all 12 tribes, and the land. This is a three-strand cord. The holy kingdom of Israel has a capital city, and it has laws, the law of Moses. The kingdom of Israel is a nation of laws, as so many people are fond of saying about their particular earthly nation. Well, the kingdom of Israel has laws, and these laws set Yahweh's people far apart from all the other nations. And right now, the Judeo-Christian beast of Revelation 13, verses 11 to 18, is drawing the nations to the Jerusalem whore, Mystery Babylon, with laws, the laws of the Abraham Accord, in mimicry of Yahweh's future rule over the nations. But Jerusalem cannot remain as Mystery Babylon because Jerusalem is Yeshua's gift to his bride, his cleaned up bride. I just published the second part of the teaching on cleaning up the bride, the people. Jerusalem, the city, is like Yeshua's bride when his holy people reside there. But she is a whore when she is filled with wicked people. And Jerusalem has been a whore for millennia. But now is the time for her destruction and cleanup. So Yeshua's renewed bride can marry him and move into his city with him. The city mirrors the bride's condition, whatever condition that is. And right now, the people of Jerusalem are Sodom and Gomorrah, just as they were in Jeremiah's time. Jeremiah 23:14 says, I have seen also in the prophets of Jerusalem a horrible thing. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen also the hands of evildoers that none does return from his wickedness. They are all of them, you know, the people, to me as Sodom and the inhabitants thereof as Gomorrah. While the still scattered bride is getting cleaned up, Jerusalem will be in the process of becoming so wicked that nothing less than total destruction of her will satisfy Yahweh. And we are that close to the end game. It is being set up with the nations signing this treaty with the modern UN created political state of Israel. The Israel Unwired article says, We have been told by leaks and the media that Israel had to agree to scrap the plan to apply sovereignty in Judea and Samaria 
at least not until the end of 2024, many of us who applauded the Trump presidency for pushing forward a diplomatic plan that recognized and approved Israel's right to apply sovereignty in our ancestral homelands of Judea and Samaria were extremely dejected to hear that giving up sovereignty was the price we had to pay. Yet, neither agreement includes any language stating that sovereignty has been canceled or even postponed. Not only that, the issue of Israel applying sovereignty or annexation is not mentioned at all in either agreement. So no, Israel is not paying the price of scrapping the application of sovereignty for these peace deals. Even more than that, we have been told that these agreements return the two-state solution to the table. That the two-state solution was a condition for the deal with Bahrain. Yet this demand as well is not mentioned at all in either agreement. Finally, the Israeli media has made Israeli Prime Minister look bad, reporting that he agreed for the U.S. to sell F-35s to the United Arab Emirates. Regardless if that is a good thing or not, once again, they are reporting fake news. There is no language regarding F-35s in either agreement. However, it was reported yesterday that Trump announced he would have no problem now selling F-35s to the UAE, even though it is not written into the UAE-Israel deal. Rather, the signed agreements focus on peace and areas for cooperation between our countries, like peace agreements are supposed to be, says this article. Yep. Yahweh is in control of this new arrangement because the Gog Magog war is still on the table and it will have the approval of the nations in the Abraham Accord. This week, Bahrain jumped on the chance to join the UAE, as you know, in signing on to the Abraham Accord at the White House. Trump hailed the signing as the dawn of a new Middle East and he is right. Not only a new Middle East, Trump is one of the members of the New World Order cabal moving the world into a new age of computer-modified humans using injectable technology to create transhumans as a new civilian army that will do the bidding of the cabal, which I will explain later. The Middle East is only part of the story and part of what is coming. The U.S. brokered the Israel-Bahrain agreement, and after the announcement of the U.S. brokered normalization agreements between Israel and the United Arab Emirates, senior Bahraini officials called President Trump's senior advisor Jared Kushner and White House envoy Avi Berkowitz with a message, We want to be next, said the U.S. officials involved in the talks. A source familiar with the to- with the talks rather said the White House wanted the agreement with Bahrain to go through before the signing ceremony of the Israel UAE deal on September 15 because normalization deals with Israel on the same day the message to the region and the world would be stronger. 
Bahrain's new alliance with Israel may help it entrench its power and crush any resistance to authoritarianism or efforts toward freedom and democracy. In normalizing ties with Israel, Bahrain is ensuring it has gained an ally that is equally committed to maintaining the status quo and preventing the success of any popular uprisings, as was done by Saudi Arabia, which sent troops to Bahrain during the Arab Spring uprising in 2011. Bahrain is the Gulf monarchy most at odds with its own people, argued Rabbani. Strengthening the status quo also means singling out other main players in the region, such as Shia clerical state Iran and even Turkey, according to analysts. The U.S. and Israel have launched a comprehensive campaign to remove the question of Palestine from not only the international but also regional agenda and to replace the Arab-Israeli conflict with an Arab-Iranian conflict, Rabani said. Even secular journalists realize the Abraham Accord is a war alliance. Mystery Babylon is rising on the premise of war, and not just military war, but war against the world's civilians under the auspices of COVID. Israel365news.com says this is a prophetic beating of swords into plowshares. It says in a manner hinting at the prophesied beating of swords into plowshares, the agreement called for the further development of friendly relations meets the interests of lasting peace in the Middle East and that challenges can only be effectively addressed by cooperation and not by conflict. This would be accomplished through diplomatic engagement, increased economic cooperation, and other close coordination. Diplomatic engagement is an interesting phrase, given that Revelation 18.3 says the nations will fornicate with Jerusalem, the whore. The nations that have signed on to the Abraham Accord are now engaged to Israel. It is Israel intent that these will become wife. In other words, they are betrothed now. The increased economic cooperation is also in Revelation 18.3. Israel is to become an economic power. And the other close cooperation has to do with the king of the south's alliance that is now forming to take on the king of the north's coalition. Listen to this paragraph. The Accords also specified joint efforts to combat terrorism, stating that the countries will take the necessary steps to prevent any terrorist or hostile activities against each other on or from their respective territories, as well as deny any support for such activities abroad or allowing such support on or for their respective territories. Michael Oren described the Accords as a stunning diplomatic breakthrough. It upends all the political assumptions going back over 30 years, Oren said, noting that the peace agreement with Egypt required Israel to relinquish the entire Sinai Peninsula. The notion of territory for peace has been hardwired into the process for 70 years. 
We didn't give up a single millimeter of Eretz Yisrael for this peace agreement. Also, for all this time, people have been claiming that the core conflict in the Middle East was the Palestinian conflict, and that the core of the Palestinian-Israeli conflict was Jerusalem and the settlements. All that has been dispelled by these agreements. Beyond that, it is an enormous economic financial and strategic accomplishment. It is the wedding of the most innovative country in the world with two of the wealthiest countries in the world. That wedding can be transformative, not just for the Middle East, but for the entire world. This paragraph says in Michael Oren's own words what I am describing to you about Mystery Babylon, Jerusalem, the whore. This deal, or these deals, I should say, this is a betrothal. It is through this deal that Israel and the nations will fornicate with each other. This is the evidence of Jerusalem's defilement for which she will pay dearly. It also allows Israel and other moderate Arab countries to establish a strategic alliance against Iran on one hand and against Turkey on the other. These Arab states were put in a bind with the Shiite Islamic Republic of Iran and the radical Sunni state of Turkey, which is allied with Hamas and other jihadists, which are threatening these regimes almost as much as they are threatening us. So we have a natural alliance with them. So they concluded that there was one other power in the Middle East that not only did not threaten them, but was able to strengthen their defense. Now tell me they won't be getting F-35s. But not all Bahrainis are overjoyed at being tied at the hip to Israel. Unlike the relatively positive public response that was seen in the United Arab Emirates, the responses in Bahrain were harsher. Bahraini citizens took to social media throughout the weekend to voice strong opposition to the normalization deal with Israel, which many called an act of treason. To drive my point home about the nefarious agenda of the Judeo-Christian beast that rules from Jerusalem and the White House, you need to hear this. The Trump administration this week also announced that Israel has given a Torah scroll to the king of Bahrain as commanded for kings of Israel. What? What in the world? Bahrain is a king of Israel? No. So what's the real message? The UN modern political state of Israel is rising as a sovereign with vassals. Bahrain is a vassal in this hidden message. Mystery Babylon is now rising as a world superpower. What is the definition of a superpower? An extremely powerful nation, especially one capable of influencing international events and the acts and policies of less powerful nations. Power greater in scope or magnitude than that which is considered natural or has previously existed. 
Israel is now the world's newest superpower, which fits Yahweh's description of mystery Babylon, Jerusalem, the wicked city of Egyptian mystery religion via the Kabbalah, combined with the governance of Babylon's imperialism, king worship, and not only king worship, but Nebuchadnezzar-style king worship, the worship of the image of the king. In scripture, the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, was the first and only king to require people to worship his image. And it was a particular people who were to do this, and most of them did, the Jews. Now, back to the Israel365news.com article, recognizing that the Arab and Jewish peoples are descendants of a common ancestor, Abraham, and inspired in that spirit to foster in the Middle East a reality in which Muslims, Jews, Christians, and peoples of all faiths, denominations, beliefs, and nationalities live in and are committed to a spirit of coexistence, mutual understanding, and mutual respect. The Abraham Accord seeks to establish mutuality of religion. I believe this will end with a United Nations attempt to create Chrislam as the official religion of the Noahides. Muslims don't know it yet, but they are about to be designated as Noahides along with Christians who do not convert to Judaism. These will be Christians who get shaky in their faith that Yeshua is the only rightful God and King of Israel and the whole earth. The Jewish Antichrist will teach that Yeshua is a usurper to the throne, which is why the Antichrist will have to seat himself on God's throne to show himself to be God and, by extension, Israel and the world's king. According to Israel365news.com, additional peace deals are now in the works with eight or nine more countries. It's all biblical, Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz said. This is not only a hugely historic event, but it is also incredibly prophetic. We're seeing a period of peace focused on Jerusalem, the city of peace. This was the condition that preceded the building of Solomon's temple. He built the first temple out of peace and not out of war. This is the twisted Judaism version of prophecy where the Jews, the house of Judah with its four tribes, become established as their version of Israel. Under this arrangement, Ephraim will only be able to return to this Israel through conversion to Judaism or converting to be a Noahide. Both of these scenarios require the denial of Yeshua as a rightful God and King of Israel established with 12 tribes. This is Rehoboam's dream come true 2,900 years after Yahweh told him not to try conquering the northern tribes. 
Well, now the Jews think they have it made in the shade. They will conquer the northern tribes. They will do away with the uniqueness of those tribes. They will destroy their tribal names and their memories until no one knows anything about the original tribes. And they will occupy all of the Israeli territory that does not belong to them via the legal territorial land grants the deeds as set out in the book of Joshua which tells us which territories belong to the tribes and for Muslims to deny Yeshua is a no-brainer because they believe he is only a prophet Berkowitz also noted that according to Jewish tradition the Benai Ishmael or sons of Ishmael are destined to repent in the end of days and he cited a verse in Genesis his sons, Yitzhak and Ishmael, buried him in the cave of Machpelah in the field of Ephron, son of Zohar the Hittite, facing Mamre, according to Genesis 25.9. We are seeing a reconciliation between Yishmael and Isaac, Berkowitz said. He explained that according to Jewish tradition, Ishmael should have gone first since he is the older brother. By allowing him to go first, Ishmael is acknowledging the spiritual superiority of Isaac. The Ishmaelites repenting is not about making them into Jews. Abraham was not a Jew who purchased that cave he was buried in. Abraham was the first Hebrew. Ishmael is still a Hebrew to this day. And he will repent, as scripture says in Isaiah 60 verse 7. But he will do so to Yeshua, not the Jews. When Ishmael repents, he will then become an Israelite. The Jews and Americans orchestrating this situation are not Israelites, because Israelites know who their God, King, and Shepherd is, Yeshua. And finally, because Jews are required to pray the afternoon prayers before the sun sets, and, as the timing would have it, there were approximately 20 religiously observant Jews on hand after the event, which included the U.S. Ambassador to Israel, David Friedman, the President's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, and many of those responsible for the negotiations. The worshippers wore masks and observed social distancing. What a coincidence that there just happened to be this wonderful timing and there just happened to be 20 Jews, two minions of Jews on hand who could pray a Kabad Kabal Kabbalistic prayer over the deal in the White House. And they wore the masks of initiation into the mystery Babylon New World Order and kept their social distance like good initiates should. If you have not read what the masks and social distancing mean, please read my article from July 16th titled The Dragon Speaks from Behind the Mask. All of them. The Israelis, the Americans, the Bahrainis, and the United Arab Emirates folks did this. Later, Benjamin Netanyahu recited psalms from the White House. So Netanyahu has taken his role as shepherd over the United States and the Western world now. 
In his address published on WhiteHouse.gov, Netanyahu said, Ladies and gentlemen, I have devoted my life to securing Israel's place among the nations to ensure the future of the one and only Jewish state. To accomplish that goal, I worked to make Israel strong, very strong. For history has taught us that strength brings security, strength brings allies, and ultimately, and this is something President Trump has said again and again, ultimately strength brings peace. King David expressed this basic truth thousands of years ago in our eternal capital of Jerusalem. His prayer, immortalized in the book of Psalms in the Bible, echoes from our glorious past and guides us toward a brilliant future. Adonai Ozleomo Yeten, Adonai Yevarecha et Amo Veshalom. May God give strength to his people. May God bless his people with peace. Mr. President, distinguished guests, this week is Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. And what a blessing we bring to this new year, a blessing of friendship, a blessing of hope, a blessing of peace. Thank you. Please do not let this one truth go unnoticed about Yom Teruah, Rosh Hashanah, this year. Yom Teruah is the annual celebration of the crowning of the king. In ancient Israel, the kings were crowned on one Tishri. Netanyahu's speech carries the hidden message that Israel is now king of the world by subtly mentioning King David. It is the reestablishment of Israel as a King David nation with a King David descendant on the throne from the line of Solomon, David's son. Israel and Morocco will establish direct flights as part of President Trump's Middle East normalization efforts, and this J-Post article says there is no devil in the details of the Abraham Accord. And I believe Joe Biden may have just lost the election. He's trying to salvage his chances by approving of the deal, but all eyes, all attention is now on Donald Trump. Biden is relegated to being just a background character at this point, unless he can pull a gigantic rabbit out of his hat. Jared Kushner canceled an interview with Andrea Mitchell of NBC Nightly News after she said the Abraham Accords is not Middle East peace. And you can read the Abraham Accord text on CNN.com. The Palestinian and Iran issues have been completely sidelined. According to foreignpolicy.com, the Abraham Accord is a nightmare for Iran that threatens decades of Iranian foreign policy planning in Tehran. The accord is a signal of a coming and unavoidable change of strategy by Iran. The day after the agreement, the Iranian foreign ministry condemned the pact as strategic idiocy and a stab by the UAE in the back of the Palestinian people. One day later, the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps issued a fiery statement dubbing the normalization as historic idiocy that will bring about a dangerous future for the UAE leadership.
On the same day, Iranian President Hassan Rouhani also weighed in with his own opprobrium, describing the accord as a betrayal, and warned that if Emiratis allow Israel a foothold in the region, they will be treated differently. But notice that Iran has picked up the cause of the Palestinians now. In recent years, I have said Iran will, would do this to justify its coming attack on Israel. The Muslims among the Palestinians are mostly Sunni, and Sunnis and Shiites are enemies until they have a mutual enemy, at which time the enemy of my enemy becomes my friend. The Abraham Accord has set up two wars, Gog Magog and the King of the North War. The Atlantic.com tells a dark and cruel joke told in Saudi Arabia. What's the difference between Arab Gulf leaders and Netanyahu's Likud party? The Gulf states really despise the Palestinians. This is why when Israel decides to punish the Palestinians for their continued uprisings, the Gulf states will look the other way. They may softly denounce the war, but not too loudly, otherwise their arms deals may be endangered. The surge in cooperation between Israel and the UAE is to subdue Iranian influence in the Middle East as both regard Iran as a destabilizing factor in the region. Iran's military capacity is a stern peril to the U.S., Israel, and UAE's strategic interest in the Middle East. In the past, several attempts have been made to normalize the relations Both states have quietly cooperated for years on trade and security. The closeness of the ties between Iran's regional archenemy Israel and UAE in the Gulf is due to many factors, but the major reason is the antipathy towards Iran. Furthermore, the U.S. sanctions against Iran after withdrawing from P5 plus 1 let UAE see this as an opportunity to align its interests with those of the U.S. and Israel to counter Iran's influence in the region, and this lines, lies in, Trump, in line This lies in line with Trump's Middle East policy to promote diplomatic ties between Israel and Arab states. The deal will explore cooperation in military and security domains. Yes, they will get those F-35s. Recently, Mossad's chief has visited the UAE, a warning for Iran. If the deal expands to the security field... UAE will be keen to sign a deal to acquire an Iron Dome missile defense system, which could counter Iran's ballistic missile arsenal. Furthermore, a deal of F-35 to the UAE is in the process, despite broad objection by Israel, which, if materialized, could pose serious concern for Iran as UAE will become the second country in the Middle East to acquire the most advanced fighter jet. Well, it turns out that the UAE and Israel have been secretly working together against their common enemy, Iran, for the past year. In Socotra, 
Locals report that the same Emirati-Israeli team arrived on an Emirati aircraft at various times throughout the year to examine locations in the Momi district on the east end of the island and the Katnan locality on its western coast. Issa Salam bin Yakut al-Suktari, the head of indigenous tribes on the island, said in a statement recently that the UAE has brought Israel to Socotra and that both sides have already started building new bases there. War is coming! With much consternation, al-Saktari complained of the UAE's policy of repression, starvation, and intimidation against the island's residents. Mirroring Israel's policy in Palestinian, in Palestine, al-Saktari also accused Emirati forces of intentionally changing the island's demographics by housing foreigners on the island en masse. And now let's take a look at that exile, that lockdown, that means exile. Israel, as you now know, will be in full lockdown for Yahweh's feasts. And I said on July 16 in the article, The Dragon Speaks from Behind the Mask, that a lockdown for the fall feasts would mean that Yahweh has exiled all 12 tribes from Jerusalem. He's getting them out of Jerusalem. You know, the Jews are exiled inside Yahweh's land, but away from Jerusalem in preparation for the end game. This seventh exile signals the coming of the Jewish Messiah, who is a usurper and enemy of Yahweh Elohim. The Antichrist and his people will be regarded by Yahweh as enemies of him, his realm, and his authority. I said earlier that Jerusalem is the city of the bride. Jerusalem is like the bride. After these feasts are over, the Jews will find themselves in direct opposition to Yahweh as an occupying force in Israel. This is how the Lord is going to look at Israel now. The Jews are an occupier. They are an invader. They will be looking to send forth that white horse with the crowned rider that has no arrows for his bow. Israel Today reports that Rabbi Chaim Konevsky is claiming he has been holding meetings with the Messiah. You see, this has always been the Jewish desire to have a Messiah that agrees with them. Yeshua refused to be inspected and approved of by the Jews in his day, but this Messiah is being met with to satisfy the Jews' requirements of having a Messiah they can manipulate. And it is obvious that Israel will need unprecedented access to Temple Mount to bring the Jewish Messiah on the scene. So Al Jazeera speculates that Temple Mount will be partitioned. One of the signals of this happening comes from a joint statement made by the parties to the Abraham Accord on August 13th. According to the joint statement between the U.S., Israel, and the UAE, released on August 13 by U.S. President Donald Trump, 
It says, as set forth in the vision of peace, all Muslims who come in peace may visit and pray at the Al-Aqsa Mosque and Jerusalem's other holy sites should remain open for peaceful worshipers of all faiths. Well, Israel defines Al-Aqsa Mosque as the structure of the one mosque and it says, according to Israel and apparently to the United States, anything on the mount that is not the structure of the mosque is defined as one of Jerusalem's other holy sites and open to prayer by all, including Jews. This choice of terminology, says the article, is neither random nor a misstep and cannot be seen as anything but an intentional, albeit surreptitious, attempt to leave the door wide open to Jewish prayer on the Temple Mount, thereby radically changing the status quo. The same statement was repeated in the accord with Bahrain, announced on Friday, last week. Khaled Zabarka, a Palestinian lawyer specializing in Al-Aqsa and Jerusalem affairs, told Al Jazeera the statement very clearly says the mosque is not under Muslim sovereignty. When the UAE accepted such a clause, it agreed and gave a green light for Israeli sovereignty over Al-Aqsa Mosque. It is clear, it's a clear and massive violation for the international and legal status quo of Al-Aqsa Mosque conceived after the occupation of Jerusalem in 1967, which says everything inside the walls is under Jordanian custody. Well, we can see where this is going, right? What we don't know is how long the process will take. And now, a COVID update. The connection between biochipping and good health is becoming news. Dr. Mercola reports that Profusa, in partnership with DARPA, that's the U.S. Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, has created an injectable biosensor capable of detecting the presence of an infection in your body. This new generation of injectables will not be rejected by your body because they become part of your physical tissue. The technology consists of three components, the implanted sensor, a reader placed on the surface of the skin, and the software that allows the reader to send the collected data via Bluetooth to your phone or tablet, which in turn can be connected to other online sources, such as your doctor's website. These sensors will be able to detect the presence of flu-like infections, including SARS-CoV-2 infections in the population, before they become symptomatic. As such, the biosensors may become part of future pandemic detection systems. This new technology is for the purpose of contact tracing and will require upgrades to the current web-based systems.
Mass surveillance of everyone's biological data would also require enormously increased bandwidth in cell phone and Wi-Fi networks. And it's possible that this is part of the reason governments around the world are so hell-bent on implementing 5G networks across the globe without giving potentially adverse effects a second thought. Japan is already working on 6G. One can only imagine what the governments have in store for future technology inside human bodies. In fact, is it possible that governments are creating civilian armies, civilian super soldiers that will do their bidding, such as killing each other? It's worth considering the possibility, says Dr. Mercola, that the transfer of data may be able to go both ways, seeing how the Department of Defense is also working on nanotechnologies aimed at creating veritable super soldiers equipped with augmented situational awareness and other battlefield survivability capabilities. The data about your infection status will not only be transmitted to your government via your doctor's office, but your government will then issue orders which the injected person will not be able to disobey. Why won't they be able to disobey? This technology will turn people into transhumans, hybrids, During the time of Noah, the hybrid humans were Nephilim, giants. These were entities of great strength and not stupid and lumbering about as portrayed in movies. They were highly intelligent enemies of humanity. Satan has long sought a way to destroy humans from the earth to thwart Yahweh's plans in which humans, not angelic beings, have a special place, and DARPA is close to creating a new kind of hybrid using unsuspecting civilians, not soldiers. We all know about DARPA's super soldiers. This technology may be the way governments will trigger mobs to kill the unwanted, those who believe in Yeshua as God and creator of this planet and the entire universe, who is also king of everything. The wider war is between Satan and Yeshua, as you know. Satan has been using Yahweh's people against Yahweh since the beginning, starting with Adam and Eve. Those who obey Satan become proxy fighters for Satan because He is afraid. You know, that Leviathan with seven heads? He's afraid of Yeshua and will not confront Yeshua directly. Dr. Mercola's article reads like this technology is yet future, but don't believe it. This technology is now. They, the government of the U.S., is letting it be understood that this is still future as a warm-up to get the civilian population used to the idea. It won't be long before they begin using this technology in vaccines and other injectables without saying a word about it. In fact, President Trump is now trying to push through a vaccination program to start before the November 3rd election.
as an election ploy to prove to the American public that he is a success where COVID is concerned, despite what the Democrats claim. The Trump administration has asked states to get ready to distribute a coronavirus vaccine by November 1st, two days before the presidential election, says Business Insider. The Guardian regards this as Trump's October surprise. This being the case should tell us everything we need to know about how the pandemic was in the cards for months or perhaps years. The media's latest shock information is a joke. The claim that there is now irrefutable proof that COVID is a Chinese bioweapon. Excuse me, but U.S. government officials like Fauci and others in Trump's administration funded the laboratory where this COVID virus was created. Chinese indeed. Bioweapon, yes. Chinese? No. Not so much. And if you go to the article, you can click on an issue of a newspaper in Britain in 2011 that has the headline, Depopulation Through Forced Vaccination. That one is a good one. Look, the Judeo-Christian beast is fast-tracking the downward spiral into the chaos that the Bible calls the Tribulation. Get ready! That's it for this Beast Watch News update. This is Kimberly Rogers-Brown signing off. Click over to BeastWatchNews.com for full comprehensive coverage of all the headlines fulfilling end-of-days Bible prophecy.